0: Did we know there is a connection between the gospel and the very day on which we're gathered today? Now, if we're going to be keeping Sabbath in heaven, my brother, or rather Sabbath in the new earth, do you suppose we should get used to Sabbath keeping from right now? Now, the question that I want to have on your mind, that I want you to have on your mind at this time, is what is the connection between the Sabbath and what else? The gospel. I'm just making sure you're listening, because it's the day of rest, but we don't want to be too sleepy. Amen? (laughs) The Sabbath and the gospel. What is the most important thing that a man can know at this time, beloved? What is the most important thing that a man can know at this time? Is it prophecy? Is prophecy important? Should we know it? Is it the most important thing to know? Is the Sabbath day an important day? Is that the most important thing you and I can know? The most important thing that you and I can understand at this time is how to be the friend of God. How to be the what? Beloved. Is there anyone in this room who has a friend? Define friend. Don't Define friend? Uh, who, who said that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good distinction, my brother. D- d- define friend. The Bible speaks of a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. There's a song that we're all familiar with. It call, it's called, uh, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. I'm going to ask the question again. Is there anyone on the sound of my voice who has a friend this morning? What is his name? And beloved, if all your friends should forsake you, do you know that that friend will stick closer than a brother? That friend will never leave you. He will never forsake you. There is not a situation in your life, not a hardship, not a difficulty, not a tear that has been shed of which Jesus does not take immediate interest this morning. What a friend we have in Jesus. Now the Bible says in the book of John chapter 14, turn there with me. Our best friend Jesus said these words. John chapter 14 and verse 15. Rather, John chapter 15, let's begin at verse 13. John chapter 15, beginning at verse 13. Say amen when you're with me. Jesus says, greater love has no man than this that a man should lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I commanded you. Do we trust the words of Jesus? Follow the thought, because I know some of you are thinking, Brother Paul is about to go into that legalism stuff. Follow the thought, beloved. Jesus says, if you are my friends, you will do whatsoever I commanded you. Now there are two ways that we can read that text. One way will lead us into a legalistic understanding which never works, and the other will lead us into fellowship with Jesus. Follow the thought. Does keeping of the commandments make you Jesus's friend? You mean to tell me that if I were to do everything right in the law by my own power, that would not make me the friend of Jesus? But do you suppose that if I spend time, if I spend what? Time Time with Jesus, becoming the friend of Jesus, that the fruit of that friendship is that a man who was once a sinner begins to walk in the commandments of God? Do you know that the more time you spend with somebody, the more of their attributes you take on? There are some of us who have friends that have been friends with us for years, beloved, and before you know it, you talk like them. You know who I'm talking about, that's why you're chuckling. Before you know it, you you begin to resemble the people that you spend the most time with. If we spend the most of our time with Jesus, then the way Jesus lives, guess what? Becomes the way that you and I also live. This is the reason why all throughout the New Testament, whenever the apostles were talked about, the Bible would say that people would take note that these people have been with Jesus. Beloved, it is impossible to fake a relationship with Christ. Did you know that? And it's also impossible to hide when you have one. The man that spends time with Jesus, beloved, becomes more lovely than the days before. The man or the woman that spends time with Jesus begins to speak In lovely tones, whereas before he was quarrelsome. The man or the woman that spends time with Jesus finds it easier to forgive when they are wronged. And all of those things, in contrast to who we are without him, are a testimony to the fact that time with Jesus can save the soul. He said, you are my friends, if you do whatsoever I commanded you. He's not saying, do these things and you will earn friendship with me. That's not how it works. What he is saying is, spend the time with me. And I promise you, that as you spend time with me, the result, the fruit, the what? The fruit of that time with me, will be more of me demonstrated by you. Now that's a man I want to spend time with. Beloved, I I don't know about you, but... When I stand here from the pulpit and I'm reading these words, I'm pricked in my own heart because I know myself and I know that there's someone in heaven who knows me even better than I know myself. And the only person who's able to cleanse me of everything that makes me unholy, unlovely, unloving, is Jesus. He's not interested in my condemnation, but in my education. He wants to teach me. He wants to do what? Now, if he wants to teach me, what do you suppose he wants to do with you? He wants to teach us how to become the friends of God. Now, I want to show you something about the law of God in Psalm chapter 119. Before we get into the message about the Sabbath, Psalms chapter 119, very important point. Psalms chapter 119, we're going to begin at verse 33. Say amen when you're with me. Psalms 119 and verse 33, the Bible says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me, keyword, understanding. Give me what? Understanding, and I shall do what? Keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with all of my heart. The Bible says, Give me understanding. And the result of God giving us understanding is that we would keep His? Did you know that the reason why men today continue in sin, there's only two reasons. Number one, for some of us, it's because we love sin more than we love Jesus, if we're honest. And number two, it is because the Bible says we lack understanding. We lack what? When we come to the law of God, what is it that we read, beloved? Is it a list of do's and don'ts? for sinners like you and I, who have no power to do it? When we come to the law and the law says, thou shalt not steal, but you've been a thief all of your life, do you find there an invitation to your own strength to do the opposite of what you have only ever known to do? Is there a person in this room that can keep the law by their own might? I heard two little voices, so some of us may be too confident. Is there anyone in this room? I'll say myself, beloved, we have no power. We are entirely dependent upon our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If there is any way that we can keep the law, it would never be by might, it would never be by power, it would only be by His Spirit. So what do we do? The Bible says that if God would give us understanding, we would find it easier to keep the law. What do we do when we come to the law? If it's not a list of do's and don'ts, If it's not an invitation to my strength and my exercise and my power, which is none, then what is it? Is that a good question? Psalm 119 and verse 66. Psalm 119 and verse 66. The Bible says something very interesting. The Bible says, Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have, what is the word, beloved? Believed thy commandments. Beloved, what I want us to see as we move through this study is that God's law is not a list of do's and don'ts for sinners who have no power to do it. God's laws are always promises that faithful saints ought to believe. And when we believe what God says, there is power in the very word to accomplish what he says. Somebody says, no, brother Paul, there's no evidence of that. In the book of Genesis, when God said, let there be light, was there light before? There was no light before. But after he said, let there be light, what was the result, my brother? When God says, let there be, irrespective of what was there before, the Word accomplishes the task. Do we believe that? The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. That same word, Jesus Christ, uh, became flesh. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father. God's word, Jesus Christ, never returns unto his father void. If we would but believe what the law says, and trust Jesus to have the power and the strength to accomplish in our lives what it says, there is power to make a thief, someone that does not steal. There is power to make an unfaithful uh, spouse someone that is faithful. There is power only in Jesus. Amen? Now in Matthew chapter 11, the Bible said, come, what did it say? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you... Now that's interesting, beloved. Jesus said, if you come to me, The evidence that you have come to me is that I would give you rest. If I sent you to a bakery this morning, now don't pick on me, I've been mentioning bread all throughout the series, you know by now. If I sent you to a bakery this morning, what do you suppose you would leave with? Somebody said bread, somebody said baked goods. Baked goods, amen? That's what a bakery does. If I sent you to a paper store, what do you suppose you would leave with? Because bakeries supply baked goods, and paper stores supply paper. If I sent you to Jesus, what do you suppose you would leave with, beloved? Rest. Beloved, there's a connection. I want you to catch this this morning. In the same way you can't but get bread from a bakery, in the same way you can't but get paper when you go to Staples, The Bible says, a man that comes to Jesus can't but receive rest. Now what's interesting about that, do you know what the word Sabbath means? It means rest, beloved. The Bible says, if you come to Jesus, you receive rest, you receive Sabbath. The Bible does not say, if you keep the Sabbath, if you rest, then you can come to Jesus. The Sabbath is not in between you and your Savior. The Sabbath, the rest of God, is something you can only receive once you've already come to Him. There are many in the world who look at Sabbath keeping as though it's a work, as though it's legalistic. Beloved, how do you take a rest and make it about works? I mean, the very name implies the very opposite, does it not? If the Sabbath is in fact a rest, how can we make it about works? Beloved, there's nothing that you and I can do Recommend us to Christ. But when we come to Jesus, He says, The evidence is that you will have an abiding peace. The evidence is that while all the world is in fear, you will have an abiding trust. The evidence of coming to Jesus is that you and I will receive rest. Now, that word Sabbath is from the, well, they call it the Jewish Sabbath. We're going to get to the bottom of that. And from Hebrew, it is Shabbat, which means to rest. It is observed throughout the year on the seventh day of the week. What day is that? The seventh day of the week, commonly known as Saturday. Now, how many of you in this room are currently working? When you look at your work calendars, have you ever noticed in many places, the work week begins on what day? Monday. But if the work week begins on Monday, then according to our work calendars, what day would be the seventh day? Sunday. Now, isn't that interesting? I'm going to show you on the screen in a minute, and, you know, I like, to, I like to run ahead because these things are so sweet. I'm going to show you in a minute, beloved, that every language on this planet, God has been so good that every language on this planet, when you go to them and you ask them which day is the seventh day, there is a specific word that they like to use. If you were to ask the Spanish man, what is Saturday? Do you know what he would say to you? Sabado. If you were to ask the Spanish man which day is the first day, do you know what he would say to you? Domingo. Now, Sister Ashley, sabado sounds like Sabbath to me. Domingo sounds more like flamingo than it does about the Sabbath. Now, I'm just trying to be honest with you this morning, beloved. God has been very intentional. He has made every single uh, uh, means so that you and I would have no confusion in this generation as to which day it is that signifies. It does what? signifies the rest that we have in jesus i'll say again beloved the sabbath itself is not where we get rest the sabbath is a sign of the rest we receive that we can only receive when we have come to this special man now look at this picture it's a it's a it's a a painting a depiction of a sinner who has a hammer in his hand doesn't he what do you do with a hammer you work you work with a hammer But the picture declares that once you've come to Jesus, that hammer is no longer used, beloved. When we come to Jesus, our works come to an end. And there is only rest. There is only Sabbath from our Savior. And Jesus is able to keep us from falling, beloved. Look at this man. His his knees are buckled. Jesus is able to keep us from falling when we relinquish our works and trust in him, rest in him by faith. The Sabbath is not a work to get us to Jesus, but it is a rest we get from Jesus. Is that clear? Where did Sabbath rest originate? Somebody said creation. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, where the Bible says, In the beginning, who? God created the heaven and the earth. The Bible says in chapter 2, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And guess what? He rested. Who rested, beloved? God rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made and God blessed the seventh day, and sanctified it, because in it he had rested. What is it that makes the seventh day a special day in the week? Only the fact that God rested then, isn't that right? God rested and God sanctified it. It's not my resting on the day or my selection of the day that makes the day any uh, particular special thing. Brother Paul can stand here and tell you, well, you know, I rest in God on Monday and on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and on Sunday. And I think you should in principle. Amen? But we spoke about it last night, and one of the things we came across was that there is a difference between praising God every day of the week and that very special day. My sisters, I asked you a question last night. Should your husband love you Seven days of the week. Husbands, you better listen. (laughs) Our sisters say yes. Praise God. Now, there's a special day between you and your husband. It's called your anniversary. Isn't that right? If your anniversary showed up and your husband treated that day, let me flip it because I feel like I'm picking on the husbands now. I'm one of you guys, by the grace of God. Husbands. If your anniversary with your special bride from your side showed up and she treated that special day as though it were every and any other day in the week, how would you feel, beloved? Does it matter? Oh, you better believe it does, beloved. And in the same way, when God takes time, do you know that God is bigger than time? He is a God that inhabits eternity. Time does not limit God. So when God takes time, out of a seven-day week, and chooses to spend the seventh day with you and I, that anniversary, that memorial, while it is true we should worship God every other day, do you suppose that that special day should not be treated like all the rest? The Bible says in the book of Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is our anniversary. It is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, not even the strangers that are within your gates. Why? Because in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that in them is, and he rested on the seventh day. And wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and He hallowed it. This day that we are gathered on today, beloved, happy anniversary. This day commemorates the creative power of God in making you and I. And by the end of this presentation, I want you to see more than creation, it commemorates His redemptive power to save you and I. I told you there's a connection between the Sabbath and the gospel, did I not? The Bible said that God created. The Bible said that God rested. The Bible said that God was the one who blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Now, what does that have to do with Jesus? Colossians chapter 1. Turn with me in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. If it is God that blessed the Sabbath, if it is God that created all things, what does the Sabbath have to do with our loving Savior, Jesus Christ? Colossians Chapter 1, say amen when you're with me. In the book of Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 12, the Bible says, I still hear the leaves turning. Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 12, the Bible says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. Speaking of Christ, in whom we have redemption through his blood and even the forgiveness of sins. Who is the image of the invisible God? Who is the image of the invisible God, beloved? Christ. He is the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created. Did you know that your Bible tells you that Christ is the very same creator? That when Genesis chapter 1 says, In the beginning God created, it is Christ to whom the Bible refers. When Genesis chapter 2 tells you that God rested on the seventh day, it is the creator, Jesus Christ, to whom your Bible refers. And so Sabbath keeping, beloved, while it is a testament to our relationship with God in a special sense, it is a testament to our relationship with God, Christ the Son, our Creator. Now we've been studying all throughout our series, Jesus on Prophecy, and one of the things that we have seen is the the need for a close, intimate, finish it. Personal relationship with Him. Beloved, is that the sort of relationship we have with our Creator this morning? Do you know the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a? New creature. That's creation. The result of association, of fellowship, of relationship with Christ is that the old things are passed away and all things are become new. There is creative power in a relationship with Jesus. And this is why, beloved, God has the power, Christ has the power to say, come unto me and I will give you rest. He did it in the beginning. And his intention is to do it even this evening. Do you believe that? Hebrews chapter 1. Somebody says that's one isolated text, beloved. That's one isolated text. What does the Bible say about the Sabbath in connection with Jesus? It was the creator that rested. In the book of Colossians, the apostle Paul told us that Well, Jesus was the one who created. Therefore, Christ is the one who rested. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Let's begin at verse 1. Amen? The Bible says, God, speaking of the Father, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by whom? his son speaking of christ who he has appointed heir of all things and by whom also he did what made the worlds who did the father make the worlds by jesus christ therefore who is our creator beloved jesus christ verse three who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high." Who is your creator? Now, if I asked an Apple computer uh, today, it shouldn't respond. But if I were to ask an Apple computer today who was its creator, it would point to Apple, would it not? If I were to ask an HP computer today who was its creator, would HP point me to Apple? It would point me to HP. But when I ask Christians today who is their creator, who is the only person that we ought to point to? Jesus Christ, beloved. And if Jesus Christ is our creator, then Jesus Christ is the origin of the seventh day Sabbath. We don't keep the Sabbath, beloved, because any man has suggested it. We keep it, the Bible says, because he has rested and by his rest he has sanctified it. Now last night, does anyone remember the topic that we discussed? We sound like a voice of many rushing waters, beloved. Last night we talked about the subject, the mark of the beast, we were in part two, amen? And we saw in last night's study that there is a kingdom on this planet that has sought to change times and laws of God. A kingdom that has sought to sit itself in the place of God, showing themselves that they are God. Do we remember this? Beloved, the only God I serve is the one who created me. The only God I will worship is the one who created me. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11 tells you, speaking of Christ, that the reason why we serve God, the reason why He is worthy of worship and of praise and of adoration and of all these things that we do from Sabbath unto Sabbath is because He is the one that created us. Do we remember what it is that Satan is after in these last days? Worship. Now, if we worship Jesus because He is Creator then the reason why I can stand upon the word of God and say we don't worship Satan is because Satan is not our... Worship is intimately centered in the relationship between creature and creator. In Mark chapter 2, Jesus said, The Sabbath was made for who? The Jew. Beloved, read the Bible with me. The Sabbath was made for who? For man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, is Lord also of the Sabbath. He is Lord of what? Interestingly enough, Jesus says that the Sabbath was made for man. And many in the Christian world today take the Sabbath and make it a thing that God made for the Jews alone. Now, did the Jews have the accurate understanding of the Sabbath? Did Jews have the accurate understanding of the Sabbath, beloved? Yes, they did. Six days shall the labor do all thy work. They they understood Sabbath keeping. How did we go from seeing the Sabbath as a gift for mankind? Was Adam a Jew when he had the Sabbath? Was Jesus a Jew when he rested on the seventh day? Can Jewish people have the Sabbath? Yes. Can you and I have the Sabbath? Where do we get that rest? The only place we get it is if we come to? Coming to Jesus, beloved. Hear closely what I'm saying right now. Coming to Jesus is not a matter of nationality. Coming to Jesus is for everyone and anyone for whom Christ has died. My Bible says in the book of John chapter 3 and verse 16, For God so loved, so then how many men can come to him? How many men can receive rest in coming to him? How many men was the Sabbath made for? All of them. The very fact that the Sabbath was made means that the Sabbath was, guess what? Created. Anything made was created. Amen? The Bible says that the Sabbath was made, and therefore, because it is a creation, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. God says that Christ is the Lord of the Sabbath because Christ is the Creator, and anything that Jesus makes, He is the Lord of that thing. There are many today who confuse this term, Lord of the Sabbath, and we talk about the Lord's day as some other day. But the Bible is very clear, beloved. The reason why the Sabbath, the seventh day, is called the Lord's Day is because it is the only day that He created as such. Do you know that all the days of the week? Sunday. Do you know where we get that name from? The sun, it's a celestial body. Monday. Do you know where you get the name moon de- uh? <laughs> Monday is a day that we named after, guess what? The moon. Tuesday. What, how do you say Tuesday in Spanish? What was that? Martes, Mars-tez? Is that what you said? That sounds like Mars to me. When we get to Wednesday, do you know that the word Wednesday, just like Thursday, Thursday is applicable to Thor's day. Wednesday was Odin or Thor's father. And all throughout the week, what you find is whenever a day is named, there is some type of celestial body some type of heathen God that mankind has named the day after. Now in the book of Genesis, God took Sunday and called it, guess what? The first day. He took Monday and called it, guess what? The second day. All throughout Friday, the sixth day. And on the seventh day, he named the only day that he ever named. What was it called? The Sabbath. Do we accept the life of Christ today as Christians? Beloved, no man can live without that life. Do we accept the life of Jesus today? What about his death? Do we believe that we are crucified with Christ? Nevertheless, we live, but not I, it is Christ that liveth in me. Whose life is it? Christ. Whose death is it? Christ. What about his burial? Do we receive that? Do you know that there's not a Christian in this world who will argue with you about the life or of the death or of the burial of Christ and whether or not they are salvific matters, whether or not they matter to you and I? There is not a Christian on this earth, Sunday keeping or otherwise, that will argue as to whether or not Jesus' resurrection is necessary for the Christian. But beloved, when it comes to that very last thing, not my rest, but guess whose rest? His rest. His rest all of Christendom has been divided. And in our generation, God is seeking to prepare a people who have not only his death, not only his life, his burial, his resurrection, but they have received from Jesus, guess what? His rest. Now on the screen, I have a a very interesting chart. When is the Sabbath? If you were to look in the Indonesian language, Saturday is called Sabtu, and the meaning is Sabbath, or rest. In Bosnian, it is Subota, same meaning. Armenian, Shabbat, Subota, Sabti, Sabtum, Sabado, Sabuta. Are you getting the point? If you're not getting the point, beloved, we're told here that there are over 100 languages that I can refer to. Do I need to go through 100 languages this morning? Praise God. I had no plan to do so. God has made it abundantly clear which day is the Sabbath. A man can be a... Uh, uh, a Spanish-speaking man and and, and be keeping the Sunday Sabbath because of tradition, and never know which day is the seventh-day Sabbath, but his very language would tell him, Sabado is not Domingo. It's the seventh day of the week, beloved, is it clear? I believe that God is abundantly clear when He's trying to get us to understand something. But what is the role of the Sabbath in the Gospel? That is the question that we want to understand this evening. On our screen, we have a depiction of a a very special man, Uh, this is Noah, amen? Now, how did you know that was Moses, brother? Talk to me. Jesus says, by their fruit, ye shall know them. The fact that there isn't an ark on the screen, but there are ten commandments, tells me that this is Moses, amen? Now, the Bible says that the Sabbath is a sign of creative, sanctifying power. In the book of Exodus, chapter 20, beginning at verse 8, the Bible says, Remember. What is the first word? Remember. Why does God ask us to remember things? So that we don't what? Could it be that looking to our generation, God saw a body of people that claim a relationship with the Creator who would forget the very day that signified that relationship? And so he says the word remember, and yet the only commandment out of all ten that begins with the word remember is the very one that is so often forgotten in Christendom. Isn't that right? I know you heard my voice. The very commandment, beloved, that begins with the word remember is the one that all of Christendom somehow has seemed to forgotten. The Bible says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son nor thy daughter. We jump down. For in six days the Lord did what? Made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that in them is, and he rested. Rested. On the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. The Bible is very clear that Sabbath keeping on the seventh day, the day that God signified, testifies to His creative power. Amen? It testifies to the fact that Jesus alone can give us rest. In Exodus 31, the Bible said, Verily my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout all of your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord that does what? So then not only is the Sabbath day a sign of creative power, it is a sign of sanctifying power. Do we need creative power this morning? Do we need sanctifying power this morning? Then I'm thankful we're gathered on the anniversary of that power. To remember that none but Jesus, none but who? Has that power. And if we come to him, the Bible says he will give us that experience. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath. To observe, well, let me stop there. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath. Do you know that there are those who teach from this very text? That the Sabbath is therefore only for the children of Israel. Is that Bible? Now you're quiet because you think I'm going to ask you a trick question. Did we read from the Bible that it is the the children of Israel that ought to keep the Sabbath? Yes. Somebody says, Brother Paul, I'm not a Jew. I'm not an Israelite. How can I keep the Sabbath? Did you know that the Bible says that if we receive Christ, we are the seed of Abraham? I'll word it another way. The Bible says that if we receive the man Christ Jesus, We are spiritual Israelites. And so when we talk about receiving the Lord of the Sabbath, when we talk about receiving the Creator who alone can give us rest, the Bible says the Sabbath is for you and it is for me. To observe the Sabbath throughout our generations for a perpetual covenant, it is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made or created heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Does anyone remember the history of when God gave those two tablets of stone to the people of Israel? Moses came down from the mountain, and he declares the law, and all the people say, praise the Lord, amen, and they kept the Sabbath. Is that right? Talk to me, beloved. What happened in the book of Exodus when Moses came down with that first set of tablets, declaring the Sabbath and all these wonderful things as gifts from God? He found the people, not in solemn worship. They were throwing a party, weren't they? And their minds were on everything and anything but God. The Bible says they built for themselves a golden calf. Now that's interesting, because Moses came with the very commandments that would have told them not to do that. Isn't that right? And yet he finds them doing the very thing that their nature, their what? Demanded that they do. Beloved, I believe that even today, our fallen nature tempts us and it pulls us. Have you ever felt it before? Do you know the Bible says that we can become partakers of a better nature? The Bible says that we can become partakers of the divine nature. Christ partook of the same. And has brought to you and I a nature and a mind that can help us to live like Jesus did in spite of that fallen nature. Now, if you don't know about that, then we need to go back to our Bibles and study this thing we call the gospel. What do you say? But Moses came down, and these people were worshiping the golden calf. And Moses took the two tablets that he had, and he took the law, and he put it on the side, and he went down there, and he kicked the calf over. Is that what happened? What did he do? He took that very law and he smashed the tablets. Moses said, I have spent time on this mountain with my creator. I know the worth and the value of the seventh day he's seeking to give you. The fact that you're at the base of the mountain right where he is and carrying on this way tells me that you and I are not worthy of this gift. Moses took the law and he smashed it. He did what? Now I'm, not, now, I'm not saying in a literal sense that Moses was a commandment breaker. That's not what that means. It means he took the tablets on which the commandments were written and he broke them. Did God ever give Moses the, tab- the tablets again? Yes, he did. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 5, the Bible says, Keep the Sabbath day to sanctify it, as the Lord God has commanded you to do. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day, did the day change? Follow the thought, beloved. No, it did not. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son nor thy daughter. Same language, is it not? Jump down to the red words. In the same fourth commandment, the Bible says, and remember, what is that word? The first time, in the first set of tablets, How did God begin the fourth commandment? With the word? Remember. Anything God says to remember, we ought to? Remember. He says, remember that you were a servant, a slave in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought you out of that land. Thence through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm, therefore... Follow the thought, beloved. Therefore, because you were a slave in Egypt, because the Lord delivered you from slavery in Egypt, therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep what? Now somebody says, wait a minute, Brother Paul. In the book of Exodus, when the commandment was, 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 uh, was first declared, God said, remember the Sabbath, because it was a memorial of his creative power. Amen? Amen. He said, remember that. Now in Deuteronomy chapter 5, as Moses is reading to the people what the law says, he says that the reason why God told us to remember it is because it is a sign of His delivering them from Egypt. Somebody says, Brother Paul, those are two different events, aren't they? Does the one destroy the other? Does remembering God's delivering power destroy His creating power? Does remembering God's creative power do away with His delivering power? God wanted us to understand that there was a connection. There is a what, beloved? Does anybody remember the way that the children of Israel were delivered from Egypt? The Bible speaks of something called ten plagues. Do you remember that? The ten plagues of Egypt, do we remember, beloved? There were frogs, there were pestilences, There were bumps and boils and all types of things. Listen, the ointment could not save you then. But the Bible says that just before the children of Israel were delivered, there was one final plague. And the only way that there was safety in that final plague is if the children of Israel took the blood of a lamb. Took what, beloved? Did we speak about a lamb throughout this series? What is his name? So follow the thought. They took the blood of a lamb, symbolic of Christ, and they put it on the doorposts of where they lived, did they not? And when the angel of death passed through Egypt, he would pass over, he would do what? Pass over the homes of those who lived by faith in the blood of the lamb. Sabbath is not just a sign of creative and sanctifying power, beloved sabbath is a memorial of the passover the redemptive power of jesus the redemptive power of the blood of the lamb now what's interesting is the majority of the christian world will turn their back on the creator of the sabbath but cling to the lamb of god that takes away the sin of the world did you know the bible says it is impossible to have the creator and not have the rest It is impossible to claim the lamb and to escape the Passover that it signifies, and thus the Sabbath, which is intimately connected to that too. Whether you're looking at it from a creative side or from a redemptive side, Jesus is the center of the day. On our screen, we have a picture of of, of the Passover. The Bible says that these people were eating bitter herbs and unleavened bread, And, and, and here you have the man who is putting the blood on the doorpost of his door. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Amen? Now in 1 Corinthians, hold on, before I go there. We have now seen that the Bible shows us the fourth commandment of God, that seventh day Sabbath is a memorial of creation. Amen? The fourth commandment, according to Deuteronomy chapter 5, is also intimately tied to the delivering power of God manifested in Egypt by the blood of the Lamb. Amen? It's called Passover. Did you know that the Bible says, speaking of Jesus... Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. For even Christ our... I'm going to read it again. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. For even Christ our... Who is Christ? our passover why don't you put the blood of the lamb on your doorpost in 2021 because christ is our passover he is the lamb amen the bible says that christ is our passover now interesting if the sabbath is intimately tied with the passover that happened in exodus then the sabbath is intimately tied with the passover isn't that right Then for Christians today who claim Christ as their Passover, the Sabbath is intimately tied there as well. Isn't that right? Is Christ your Passover? Does the Sabbath signify delivering power from Egypt and sin? Does the Sabbath signify creative power and redemption? Beloved, the Sabbath is right there at the heart of the gospel. From the only lamb that can accomplish it, his name is Jesus now the Bible says, Christ is our, pas- is our Passover, He has been sacrificed for us, therefore let us do what? Keep the feast. Now I'm going to say this very plainly, because I know that there are those in Adventism today who believe that we should be keeping Passover and keeping unleavened bread, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and I'm not bashing any of these people, praise God. The Bible says that Christ is our, so then the keeping of Passover today is the keeping of who? Christ. One thing that's very interesting throughout the Bible is that you'll find that the feasts of God, the seven feasts in the sanctuary, they never overlap. You can't be living in the time of Passover and be living in the Day of Atonement simultaneously. Did you know that? You can't be living in the Day of Atonement and be living in the Day of the Unleavened Bread simultaneously. Now that's a study in and of itself. You can come and ask me about it if you'd like. But the point that I'm making here is that if Christ is our Passover, and the Bible invites us to keep the feast, to keep the Passover, then what the Apostle Paul was suggesting to you and I is that you and I ought to keep the man, Christ Jesus. Amen? In the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, the Bible ties it in, creation and redemption, so marvelously. It says, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have done what? Beloved, the Bible says that the Creator and the Redeemer are one and the same. At the very heart of the seventh day Sabbath, you find the Creator and the Redeemer who are both one and the same. What is his name? Jesus. And so Sabbath keeping, true Sabbath keeping, centers in Christ alone. Colossians chapter 2, I want you to see something. Colossians chapter 2, we want to cover as much as we can. We've got three minutes. How many minutes? You know what I'm going to say? We're going to take a brisk walk. Colossians chapter 2, beloved, turn there with me. Colossians chapter 2. And when you're there, you can let me know by saying amen. These Bible pages stick together and I sit up here and I try to unglue them, Lord. Colossians chapter 2, beginning at verse 16. Are we there? The Bible says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat, or in drink, or in respect of an holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days. Follow the thought, beloved. The Bible says that no man in this world ought to judge us based on the Sabbath days. Sabbath days in your Bible, is it singular or is it plural? It's plural. Did you know that in the Old Covenant, rather, in the Old Testament, every feast that was kept was referred to as a Sabbath. The reason why you and I don't keep the Passover as a Sabbath is because Christ is our... The reason why you and I don't slay lambs today is because we have accepted the blood of the lamb. His name is? So when the Bible is saying, let no man judge you by Sabbath days, plural, it's not talking about the seventh day Sabbath, beloved. I showed you in the beginning of the study that in the new earth, we will be keeping that day. Isn't that right? Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 23, I believe. I believe. God wants a relationship with you and I. He wants to do in our hearts what only He can do. Do you remember what the uh, Psalmist David said? He said, create in me a clean heart and renew, do what? That means to restore, renew a right spirit in me. Jesus is seeking to create in his people today a people that reflect his image, a people that reflect his glory. The only person who has that creative power is Christ. There are many who take this text and they use it as the reason why we reject the anniversary. They use it as the reason why we throw the day away. But beloved, the Bible was speaking very specifically in Hebrews chapter 4, our closing text. Coming to a close. In Hebrews chapter 4. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Beginning at verse 1. Hebrews chapter 4. Are we there? The Apostle Paul said, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into His what? Rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached. Now hold on. The Apostle Paul in the first verse mentioned the rest that was promised. And now in verse 2, he's tying it in with the gospel that was preached. Do you see that? He says, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that had heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest as he said as i have sworn in my wrath if they shall enter into my rest although the works were what finished from the foundation of the world now this is the final uh Chapter that we're reading right here, we're going to read to verse 11. I want you to see in verse 3 that the Bible said, God has sworn in His wrath that we should enter into His rest, although the works, the what, beloved? The works were finished from the foundation of the world. Do you know that anything God expects of you and I was accomplished for us in Christ from the foundation of the world? If God expects you to tell the truth, then guess who had to tell the truth first? Jesus. If God expects you to honor your mother and your father, guess who had to do that for you first? Jesus. If God expects you and I to keep the seventh-day Sabbath, who would have had to have kept it first? Did we see in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 that it was in fact our Creator that rested first? The Bible says that the works were finished from the foundation of the world, and thus the gospel is not an invitation to do any work, but to rest in Christ And receive from him the works that are already finished. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day. What day, beloved? Sabado. He spake in the certain place of the seventh day on this wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. So the rest that Jesus offers is intimately tied with what day? The seventh day, the Sabbath. Verse 6. Seeing therefore, it remaineth that some must enter therein. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again he limited a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice. Harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, did he do that? If Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward, beloved, have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, his Sabbath, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor therefore, beloved, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. True Sabbath keeping, beloved, we're closed. True Sabbath keeping is directly tied with what the Bible refers to as justification by faith. True Sabbath-keeping, beloved, is not a work we do to bring us to Christ. It is a rest we receive because we have come to Christ. Can I allow my brother to close this out right here? A man by the name of E.J. Wagner, whom I look up to, in The Present Truth, Volume 12, 1896, said these words, The Sabbath, therefore, beloved, the seventh day of the week is God's rest. God gave the Sabbath as a sign by which men might know that He is God and that He sanctifies. Sabbath keeping has nothing whatever to do with justification by works, but is on the contrary, the sign and the seal of justification by faith. I asked you before, how do you take a day of rest and make it a day about work? He says the Sabbath is the sign and the seal of justification by faith. If that is your experience, then this is the day that signifies it. It is a sign that man gives up on his own sinful works and accepts God's perfect works. Since the Sabbath is not a work, but a rest, it is the mark of rest. What is the Sabbath, according to uh, E.J. Wagner? The mark of rest. Rest. Interestingly enough that he used those words, right? Do you remember in Revelation chapter 13, the Bible spoke of the mark of the beast? Uh, Revelation chapter 14, rather. The Bible speaks about the mark of the beast in the third angel's message. And the Bible says that those who receive the mark of the beast have no rest. Day nor night. But the Sabbath is the mark of rest in God through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. No other day than the seventh day of the week can stand as the mark of perfect rest in God. Because on that day alone did God rest from all his works. In order to change it, beloved, you'd have to go back to creation and tell God to rest on another day. Did you know that? Is anybody new who has the power to do that? If you got a time machine, you can let me know. The only way to change the day is to make God rest on a different day from which he rested. It is the rest of the seventh day into which he says the unbelieving cannot enter. It alone of all the days of the week is the rest day and it is inseparably connected with God's perfect work. Beloved, I believe with all my heart that this very special day is not something I keep to bring me to Christ, but is a gift that I've received by coming to Him. Do you believe the same? Are we tired yet, beloved, of this world? Are we tired of the fighting and the wars and the rumors of wars and all of these things? The mandations, vaccinations, all of these various things, the sickness, the suffering, the death. Are we tired? Then there's only one man from whom we can receive rest. There is only one man from whom we can receive Sabbath. And the Sabbath, beloved, does not give you the rest. It simply testifies to the fact that Jesus has given it to you.